So what the Supreme Court decision on Friday highlights is that for some people it is hard to believe the teachings of the church and what God has revealed as true. It's hard to say with the psalmist, you will show me the path to life, O Lord, and the fullness of joy in your presence. But that struggle isn't simply limited to grave matters, but that's a universal experience. In one way or the other, we all struggle with either believing or living out the beliefs that have been handed on by Jesus, by God himself, to the church. And that can be falling simply into gossip, where we choose to talk bad about someone behind their backs, maybe to feed our own ego. Or maybe it's just falling into the weakness of our responsibilities, maybe at home, maybe it's schoolwork, or work at work. Or maybe it's hard to put into practice the belief that every day we should set aside time to honor God and give him his due. And so we all struggle in one way or the other with living out and believing those teachings that have been handed on to us. And we have such great hope because that experience is also the experience of the apostles who later became great saints. So we have no need to fear of being in that situation. And so this homily is for all of us. And Jesus wants to show us and remind us how he encounters us when we are weak and fallen to sin. And so we see James and John who proposed to Jesus all right, let's send down fire and get rid of these Samaritans who are against us. And Jesus very firmly turns to them and says, I don't want you ever asking for that again. But what Jesus doesn't do is he doesn't send them away. He doesn't tell James and John, all right, I think you need to leave the group, leave the group for a couple days, a week, Go back home, think about what you just said, and come back to me when you've figured out the right answer. Jesus, at the same time, is firm in the ideals of how he has called humanity to live, but he's very patient in communicating that and teaching his disciples. Because James and John, as having the nickname of Sons of Thunder, I could imagine would have asked Jesus either right after this moment or maybe later that night as they continued their journey, like, Jesus, why? Why can't we ask for fire to come down? And Jesus would have sat, sat with them and gently explained why that's a bad thing. And so it is for ourselves that whatever we might be struggling with or whatever we might be struggling to put into practice, in our faith, Jesus encourages us and shows us what the ideal is, but is very patient with us as we undergo healing in order to reach that ideal. I mean, think of a couple of examples in our everyday life where this is illustrated. Think of a student who 
on a quiz or a test or even a homework assignment is really struggling with a problem. They got it wrong, they can't grasp it, so they approach the teacher and ask for help. The teacher doesn't like receive the, the question and be like, oh, well, you actually got it right even though you got it wrong. Well, that, that's not true. But the teacher is so patient and encouraging, will do whatever is necessary in order for the student to finally grasp that concept. Or another example could be a patient going to the doctors to have an illness. So they go, they present, describe the symptoms to the doctor, and the doctor confirms that there, in fact, is an illness. He doesn't deny it. But he gently comes up with a treatment plan for the patient. It's like, all right, there's no need to fear. Take this medicine, wait this many of days, and you'll be good to go. You'll be back to full health. So we see this not denial of the ideal, of the right, the true, but also a patient working with as that journey to the ideal takes place. And we need to ask for that grace from Jesus to experience his patient love because the world needs that so much today. It can be so easy to reduce the, the moment of realization of I'm not living up to what the expectations of Jesus and to like basically cast myself out. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I just need to kind of like scold myself and work harder. No. Jesus is a great encourager and patient and he desires to offer that patient love to us. And we have so many avenues in the church where we experience that tangibly. When we need mercy, we go to the sacrament of reconciliation. We see the kindness and gentleness of Jesus. Or we come here to this altar where Jesus desires to give us the strength and nourishment that we need in order to have a greater faith and belief and a greater strength to live that faith. And what's true for James and John, what's true for that student with the teacher, and what's true for the patient and the doctor is they have the freedom to walk away. Jesus always stays with us. He just asks that we stay with him and be open to that transformation, that healing, that greater understanding. And praise God that we can be here at this Mass, around this altar where Jesus presents himself, body, blood, soul, and divinity, where he represents his sacrifice on the cross. Because it's that sacrifice which is the perfect illustration that Jesus gives us of simultaneously being firm in the ideals and so patient. As he's on the cross, he proclaims to everyone that the ideal of human life is to offer oneself in self-gift for love of God, for love of their brothers and sisters. And he does that without speaking words, but he holds firm to that at the same time that he allows and is patient with those who 
for hammering the nails into his hands and his feet. He stays there with them, even in their weakness, weakness and misunderstanding. And he stays with them until his death, which is the very thing that will heal them. That soldier standing at the foot of the cross who thrusts his lance into Jesus' side, upon Jesus' water and blood hitting his face, his eyes are open and he's able to say, truly this was the Son of God. Jesus will never abandon us in our weakness, and he will encourage us and give us all the healing and understanding we need to be convicted in the truths that he's revealed and the strength to live them out, or we just need to stay there with him. To be patient with ourselves because he is so patient with us. So we ask for that grace today, because if we do and we receive it, we're then able to go out into the world and be images of that patient love for everyone else. Image is of that patient love to our family members, our friends, those we come in contact with, the store, at our the workplace, at school. Not only ourselves, but the whole world will then be able to say with confidence with the psalmist that yes, Lord, you will show me the path of life and the fullness of joy in your presence. Please remain seated for a moment. So there was great news that was delivered on Friday through the uh, Supreme Court for the pro-life cause. And uh, Bishop uh, Malloy has written a statement that he uh, asked us to, uh, to read to everyone today. And then I'd just like to share uh, just a few thoughts in light of the statement. Uh, Bishop wrote this. The Supreme Court decision released today in the case of Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization is a moment for a profound reflection for our nation. The Catholic Church, along with many other people of faith and of goodwill, has long sought the reversal of the 1973 Supreme Court decision of Roe versus Wade. Now, that tragic decision legalized abortion in the United States. The result has been over 63 million lives lost by abortion. Each of those babies were recognized by science, reason, and faith as members of the human family and were made in the image and likeness of God who had already begun their journey with us as brothers and sisters. Roe versus Wade has caused a collective loss of recognition and love for them as human beings and for their right to life enshrined in our constitution and our national purpose. Today's decision by the Supreme Court does not end our national debate about protection, protection of the right to life of the, of the pre-born. By overturning Roe versus Wade, the Supreme Court has recognized the flawed legal reasoning that removed that discussion from the legislative bodies elected by the voters. Today's decision now returns the abortion debate to each state's legislative body. That legislative process will continue, and as people committed to human rights and the protections for both those not yet born and for expectant mothers, we need to engage our representatives by persuasion and by our votes. Our voice can save lives. At the same time, for us as Catholics, 
This is a moment to bring forth our charity to heal the wounds that have been left by, abor- by abortion. That means that we will continue to work to bring God's merciful love to those suffering post-abortive wounds or aftermath through the church's project, Rachel Ministry. We also continue to love, support, and assist both preborn children and their mothers, and we commit to offering the spiritual material help needed by, by, bo- by both in this critical moment when life is chosen. Most especially, this is a time for prayer. We need to ask for God's grace for a renewed commitment to the beauty of God's gift of life and for all the joys and sacrifices to serve that life as we build up the human family at every moment from conception to natural death. So even though there was a judicial victory for, the, for, for pro-life, we know there's still a great need for, for conversion. And uh, as Catholics, we believe that from the very beginning in the womb, the earliest stages that we have a human life created in the image and likeness of God, not everyone believes that. So it's a, there's certainly an education and conversion process. And, uh, and as Bishop notes, we also need to, our, our prayers are very, very important. You think over these past 50 years, the, the prayers and the rosaries and the, just the advocacy. And the, uh, so we, we need to have that commitment and de- determination in this, in this fallen world where there's still so many struggles. So uh, let's continue the journey together. And uh, I think the Lord asks us to be a voice for the voiceless, and there's many, many ways that we, we can do that. So let's uh, keep that in our prayers and continue to work together to lift up the value of human life, its sacredness, its dignity, and its value and worth from the time in the womb all the way to the end of life.